Welcome to the Lewis Jonker Podcast. Lewis is a speaker, storyteller, preacher and poet. Hope you get something out of this talk. When you travel to Thailand, you become well acquainted with chilli seeds. <laughs> For the language buffs in the room, uh, here's some Thai that comes in handy if you ever go on a mission trip. Uh, something that sounds a little bit like, like this when you go to local restaurants and establishments. My pet, my pet, or uh, not spicy. In return, they might say something along the lines of uh, farang or white person. Um, <laughs> throughout the trip, we tasted many weird, wonderful, and wacky dishes. Let's be careful not to mention the ones that made us sick. But no matter the dish, it seemed chili was either a staple ingredient or a strongly recommended suggestion. And I'm amazed how one tiny chili can affect the whole dish. How can something so small pack so much heat? I bought a chili with me today. This cost me three cents. Small, insignificant, almost worth nothing, but, but it could leave you panting for relief. And I'm sure somewhere on, uh, on some of the people who travel to Thailand's phones, there must be videos of people panting for breath, <laughs> or perhaps a glass of milk. It's amazing how a few chilli seeds in a pot causes heat, tears, sweat, blush, and taste. And this is what the kingdom of God is like in Thailand. A simple parable. But for those of you who don't understand, when you throw a few humble missionaries, we meant Moana, Liz, Glenn, into a melting pot of Buddhism, Hinduism, atheism, and fish sauce, entire communities feel the effect. And in time, by the grace of God, the entire nation may taste different. I am inspired by the reality of the kingdom of God. And perhaps you're in the room and you're as excited as me, firing on all cylinders. It's exciting to hear the passion of the prayer team. And I pray this sermon may continue to encourage you. But perhaps you're in the room and you are tired, uninspired, kingdom of God, shemingdom of shemod. And I pray as we learn together today, God may ignite a passion within us and bring fire like a chili seed. Today, we're going to be going through Matthew 13, verses 31 to 35. So if you want to open up that and, and read along with me, I'll be in the ESV, I believe. Um, and I couldn't help myself but pick this particular parable. It begins a little like this. He put another parable before them. Before we go any further, we better discuss what a parable is. If you, if you haven't been in church for a long time, maybe you haven't come across this word, maybe allegory or metaphor or simile would make sense to you. It basically is an imaginary story for the purpose of comparison. Occasionally, it's jarring and provocative, particularly when Jesus tells them, and Jesus used them a lot. In fact, the disciples are like, Jesus, why do you tell so many stories? Why do you tell so many parables? And he basically says, well... I want the people to listen and I want them to understand. And you know what? Sometimes it's even a secret and tricky to understand and then I'm trying to trick you. No. Jesus just uses them a lot. That's what you need to know. And those who have ears can hear. 
And he put it before them. Who is them? Who's he talking to? Well, at this point, Jesus had so many people following, lots of crowds, that he had to go down to the shore. And he got on his jet ski and just went out about 10 metres and he sat on his jet ski and he preached to the people on the shore. Perhaps they were too busy trying to touch him because people knew him. Perhaps they were crowding him. So he just got on his jet ski, went a few meters out, and he spoke from you know, the, the bow of the jet ski because Jesus loves jet skis. But it's not the point of this sermon. Perhaps he was on a small fishing boat. Who was the crowd? This included Jesus' disciples. You know, his disciples were aged 15 to 30, Jesus ran a youth ministry. In fact, most of the, uh, the resources I looked at said they were most likely late teens to early 20s, as young as 15. And then the crowds were perhaps intergenerational. Consider that for a moment. Jesus, the people that Jesus gets to do his work are the youth ministry. And then it's that youth ministry that leads the older generations. Hmm, I, I, I see a good future for young people in the church. So he put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, Jesus' dominion, rule, reign, it's invisible within us. A man comes up to Jesus in Luke 17, 20 and says, what, what, what is this kingdom of heaven? Where is it? And Jesus says, you can't always see it. It's within us, this kingdom his dominion, rule and reign, it's invisible, it's within us when you come to trust in him and he rules your heart. It's like a grain of mustard seed. Mustard is a tasty yellow saucy condiment used on hot dogs. That's my theological understanding. <laughs> that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds. Not true, but you get the point. Uh, the Word of God is, you know, I like to think, um, you know, it's infallible. It's never failing. Sometimes it gets the facts wrong. and This is not the smallest seed. Sometimes it gets the facts wrong, but it's unfailing. The point is true. Jesus is using hyperbole. This thing is tiny, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree. From little things, big things grow up to four metres, tiny seed, black mustard, gross, four metres. This, this image that Jesus is putting to us from little things, big things grow so that all the birds of the air may make nests in its branches, all the birds of the air. You know, the Bible in the Old Testament, that's the confusing half of the book, talks about things like some birds being unclean. You know, some birds are clean, some birds are unclean. Yet in this parable Jesus tells, he says, all the birds come, make nests in its branches. All the birds, the clean and the unclean. The gospel is for everyone. Jesus is foretelling that he will, he will reach the Jews, he will reach the Gentiles. What's a Jew and what's a Gentile? Well, if you have Jewish blood, you're a Jew. If you have any other type of blood, you're a Gentile. Most of us in this room, Gentile, apart from... Um, Ian Skinner out there who told me that he does have Jewish blood. So Jesus is for us and for him. <laughs> all the birds. Jesus' kingdom is open to all and will make nests in its branches. 
the Old Testament prophets, the people long before Jesus predicted him. And they said things like, birds of every kind will nest in it. They will find shelter in the shade of its branches. Ezekiel 17. What a great parable. But there is something you need to know. Black mustard is a malignant weed that is dangerous and has takeover properties. This story is scandalous. In fact, in some places in the USA, the black mustard plant is completely banned. It's illegal to have anything to do with it. If you bring it in, it's really bad because it, it's awful. It, it wrecks parking lots. This is a black mustard plant. It gets into everything. It grows through concrete. It, this, 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 this here is crazy. This parable is like divisive. It's scandalous. It's, 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 everyone's like, Jesus, what are you talking about? Stop talking about... Stop talking about this plant we don't really like. Firstly, this reveals something about Jesus' teaching style. Perhaps the pious, educated Bible scholars, the Bible boomers, would have said, those crowds and those young disciples, just follow him because he is energetic, he tells stories, and his sermons are provocative. Sometimes the exciting provocateurs are preaching in vain. That's true. But often there is truth. In wisdom, Jesus spoke in a way that engaged everyone. He was as wise as a serpent, as harmless as a dove. He was all things to all men. He put the hay where the horses could eat it. And in his exciting, provocative style, he speaks of his kingdom, which spreads rapidly like a weed, that breaks through the fences of fields and the edges of gardens. It's a plant that causes stress. Like farmers are like, oh my goodness, this thing's spreading. Oh no, it's going to that guy's field. It's going to cause a, it's going to cause a fight. And it attracts pests and unclean birds. Farmers and gardeners don't want birds in their garden and in their farms. This is a plant that attracts them. Yet the farmer plants it anyway. And this is what the kingdom of God is like. Consider... Thailand, consider Thailand. The message of the gospel in that region is provocative. It is a seed the locals want nothing to do with. They have no desire for it. We met individuals in small faith communities who were kicked out of their families for engaging in Christianity. When we met at this small faith community, I was preaching in English, Moana was translating in Thai, and afterwards, he told me, oh, if you ever noticed they were a little bit distracted, it was because they could hear their neighbours next door gossiping about them. Mid-sermon, the neighbours complaining about us, what they perceive to be a weed. But you cannot stop what God is doing. I don't know if you've ever tried to get rid of all the weeds in your garden. I hear that's a lifelong process. <laughs> And consider the work of our church and consider our youth ministry. It's our youth ministry on Friday night. It was a, uh, was a big turnout. Uh, I don't know whether they were coming for the gospel or for the Hercus's mac and cheese. Uh, I hear some people went up for five different servings of mac and cheese. So if you're ever on the youth food roster, mac and cheese is a winner. We had our biggest night so far this year. We had 103 people on site. 
and it was amazing. We announced our tribes, and, uh, and it, was a, it was a rowdy night. It was loud. It was crazy. It was unbelievable. There was, there, was, <laughs> there, was, there was cheering, and there were tears. It was unbelievable, and we just played games, and we had fun. Uh, but even at our youth ministry, which is full of all kinds of birds, I've found that if I say the words, let's pray, that is the best crowd control technique you've ever seen in your life. It is amazing. If I say really quietly, just in the microphone, let's pray, it, the, the room so, falls silent. It's like these kids are wild, crazy. You know, I would say at least 50% of our youth aren't actually like fully engaged in Christianity. But when they hear the words, let's pray, they know what to do. This is what our youth ministry is like. As this is long before me. Our youth ministry has always had a, a history of growth. You know, it's been on an upward trajectory from the days of uh, Andrew Palmer, uh, Phil Palace, Benj Gould, me. And guess what? This weed isn't going to stop when Lewis leaves. This weed, this weed is spreading. Uh, this weed has taken over St. Philip's and we're coming for all the other Christian schools too and we're coming for all the states. This weed is like, this weed is, do you know what I mean? A place for all kinds of birds. Thank you, church, for being a place where we can run a youth ministry on a Friday night, invite people of all kinds to come and find rest. And what does it start with? A small seed of faith. I've met people that were here before this church even existed. People have been here since the first day when the kids' ministry was just in someone's garage at their house. And look where Narara is now. Something as small and as insignificant as a mustard seed turns into a plant that breaks beyond all barriers and grows rapidly. So we have a lot of fun. Uh, it is a blessing to see a generation through. Uh, this, this, this BAM camp, I think we have 16 year 12 signed up. I think it's about 16 year 12 signed up. And those year 12s are in year 7 uh, when I first began, had their first camp. I'm going to be there for their last camp. To retain that many year 12s through a season of ministry is a true blessing. And every year upon year, the youth ministry has continued to grow and this will be the biggest camp again. We now have 109 people signed up. And a lot of them need Jesus. I wonder what a small seed of faith can do. Prayer team, please pray for us. And I would also like you to consider the seed of faith that God is planting within the hearts of theologians, pastors, and myself. People like me genuinely believe with every fiber of our being that this mustard seed weed must be expand beyond the fences and barriers we've created to see the kingdom expand. We see a new way, not a new religion or a new understanding of the Bible, a new way to reach people with the gospel and a new way to engage in Christianity. And if it's okay, I'd love to share with you the dream that I wish to pursue when I finish up at Narara. This church has always been a kingdom perspective church. In the light of that, Travis has encouraged me to share more of the heart and practical outworkings of what is next for me, because I know a lot of you are asking. And so it would be a privilege to share about what I'm calling a new way.
that is not a new religion, not a new understanding of the Bible, but a new way to reach people with the gospel and a new way to engage in Christian community. A new way will be a non-profit committed to the gospel, exploring and ruthlessly experimenting with online media and in-person events to see everyday Australians and individuals disillusioned with the church find community. Some stats. This isn't just a, this isn't just a fluff idea. This isn't just a, a thing that I've figured out in 10 minutes. This is something I've been pondering and thinking about for years. I've got the statistics. I've done the research. And this is what I've found. Between 2.5 and 7% of Australians currently attend institutional churches. That's us. We are the 2.5 to 7%. And this style of church is working for us. You hear the good news stories. You hear the stories about our prayer team. You hear the stories about our youth ministry. This works for us. But there is another 54% of Australians who are open to the idea of a higher power, but have no place where they feel comfortable to learn about him. The God we believe in. The real God, the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Christian God, we read about in the Apostles' Creed. And perhaps they could enter a church like this, but most don't. A new way is for them. Similarly, what I hear most when I share my heart with people around our congregation is the pain and hurt that comes when uh, your children don't wish to engage in this style of Christianity like you do. I hear that a lot. Parents saying, would it work for, insert a child's name. And I feel that pain and I feel that hurt. And a new way is also for them. It could be prideful as to think that because this style of church works for us, it should work for everyone, but it statistically doesn't. Well, I'm on a mission to find the birds of all kinds and introduce them to the kingdom of God where they can make a nest and find rest. And I'd love to explain the practical outworking of that if I have permission. And uh, it looks something a little bit like this. Shout out to Emily who drew all these pictures and, in, and wrote the font. This is quite amazing. Some people are unbelievably talented. It starts with a seed. The seed is the timeless gospel that a lot of us in this room believe in with our whole hearts. It's the seed of the kingdom that blossoms within us. It's sometimes invisible, it's sometimes small, it's sometimes insignificant, but it's here and it affects everything we do. The gospel of Jesus the one who died on a cross for us and rose again to give us new life. It starts with the seed. I've got that. I've got more passion for that than I've ever had. It continues to grow in me every day. I believe the world does need Jesus. That is... Sometimes as a preacher, you just want to say, duh. <laughs> and it sometimes looks like a dream. This seed is like a dream within me. I've been pondering it for a long time. I remember when I was like, I think 19, at my previous church, someone asked me, Lewis, what do you want to do with your life? And I remember saying at that age, 
I remember saying at that age, I believe something new is coming to Christianity and I want to be at the forefront with everyone else who sees it too. I want to be at the forefront of discovering what that is. The reason I remember that so vividly is because of the looks people gave me, as if having a dream was prideful. But I believed this for a long time. A new generation is rising up and coming through. It starts with a dream. Perhaps you have that dream within you too. And it starts with the word. I'm a man fervently committed to the word. Uh, I know that it can be a fear when someone starts something new. Well, what's the statement of faith? Well, you know, well, what's the vision? You know, starts with the word. And as such, I see my first project, I would like to record an audio Bible, reading through the New Living Translation, word for word via podcast format, 30-minute episodes. Why? Because I've been in ministry for 10 years and maybe you like those audio Bibles out there, but I tell you what, the people I'm talking to, doesn't work for them. <laughs> They're often dry, emotionless, often written by AI, often in translations that are hard to understand and, writ and read by old people. Uh, I think there is one by James Earl Jones, which may interest the Star Wars people, but that dude's old, you know. Who, that's Darth Vader, right? Can someone confirm that for me? Why would you have Darth Vader read you the Bible? <laughs> Jesus, I am your father. Let's be a... Also, podcast format, I don't believe there is uh, effective audio Bibles available via podcast format. Podcast is, is taking off. Uh, I believe the church should look at some of the ways the world engages with humans and then go, oh, we could, we could do the similar. We could actually jump on the podcast bandwagon. 30-minute episodes, people listen to them in their cars. You know, it's almost like I think it would predominantly be for the 15 to, you know, the 30-year-olds, just like Jesus' disciples, but the crowd's... Uh, intergenerational. Everybody likes a little bit of excitement and uh, why shouldn't we read it? Only 3% of young people read their Bibles regularly. That's a statistic that has come out. Young people are great leaders. They're going to change the world. Young people have energy and passion. Young people are faithful. You see them when they come here through, uh, you know, when we have our baptism nights and they're getting baptized and they're jumping and singing. They've got a lot of energy. Imagine if they had all that and a firm foundation in the Word. So why shouldn't we record an audio Bible that is accessible to them? That'll be the first project I anticipate. It'll take me a day a week for a year. It'll be the first project I raise funds for. It's the first project I'll work on. It's the first thing I'll begin because everything starts with the seed. From that point, there comes the gathering, the community, the sundown session. I am the kind of guy, whether this or right is or wrong, would happily preach the gospel in, I don't know, a bar. I'm honestly the kind of guy that would be happily preach the gospel and teach the word of God with a corona in my hand with a slice of lime. I know that's not for everyone. It's not a safe place for everyone to go to a bar. But that's the kind of, do you understand? Something different. Uh... There is a gathering, a community, and a sundown session. This is what I see, and uh, this may take some imagination for you. It's sunset on a Wednesday afternoon, and everyone's gathered at the local Sea Scout Hall. And at five o'clock, they're playing Finsker and throwing around a footy. 
or, mm, or playing a board game, perhaps. And at some random point, while everyone's throwing around Finsker logs and passing a footy, someone comes out with a guitar strapped around their shoulder, just one person. They walk out and they say, okay, we've got to sing a few songs now. And so everyone shuffles into the scout hall and there's nothing fancy. It's just maybe a few fairy lights and the light's a little bit dim. And the one person with the guitar starts singing some songs and maybe there's lyrics and maybe there's not. And maybe there's not even a guy with a guitar because, well, we don't want to burn people out by rostering them on every week. And sometimes there's just no music at all. And we sing a few songs and then who was ever silly enough to sit next to the loaf of bread and the bottle of juice? Well, I guess they're going to have to distribute it. Hey, sir, can you please start passing around that loaf of bread? We're going to have communion. Someone gets up and teaches from the word in a very, uh, with, with very good doctrine and theology. It's by no means uh, meant to change theology. And after people share, we all say, do we want to do another song? Yeah, sure, great. Well, come up, do another song. And then we all go back to playing footy in Finska because that's what we actually came for. A joke. <laughs> A joke. That's what I see. I want to break down some of the traditional barriers. I want to break down the idea of uh, me and a lot of theologians like me who sense the same thing. We want to break down uh, denominational barriers. Uh, young people these days are asking, why denominations? Um, it's a huge thing. Non-denominational Christianity is on the rise and interdenominational Christianity is just as important. I don't want to have titles or designations uh, words like pastor, priest, uh, pastor, priest, uh, vicar. I did a wedding recently, and the bride's grandparents came up to me and called me father. <laughs> and I, they were so sweet and old, I didn't have the heart to tell them, You'd, I'm too young to be called that. <laughs> <laughs> but some people are so ingrained in titles and designations. I want to break down some of these barriers. I don't want to have church on a Sunday because we all know church doesn't have to be on a Sunday. And adult soccer's on a Sunday. Mm. Uh, I want to break down the strict liturgies and the idea of uh, rosters and serving on rosters. A church like this needs it. It helps us to grow. It helps youth ministries run safely. All those sorts of things. It's very, very, very important. Uh, but with the heart of this, it's like, well, okay, you know what? If I'm going to invest three days a week running this thing, I'm happy to set up the chairs and I'm happy if there's no music one week because we couldn't find a musician and I'm happy if someone forgets to buy the juice, we just won't have communion. Do you know what? Making it simple and not unprofessional but less stress. And finally, the outreach, the community chaplaincy and the Bible study for the open. Uh, I believe uh, often in churches we have our church service and then we form Bible studies and the point of those Bible studies is to build connection and relationship within the church, which is incredibly important. It's a vision that is working here, and Pastor Johnny is doing a great job outworking that vision of churches like this. But what if people could walk into a Bible study as the first step in a casual environment uh, where we're answering the questions they have, particularly if they're not even Christian? Because I really like having those conversations. I don't really feel the need to convert people. I don't really feel the need to push things on people. I really like having conversations, unpacking the word, digging into it, seeing what Jesus has to say. 
And so this is a Bible study with that sort of format where people can uh, come and learn. Plus the idea of community chaplaincy, what would it look like for me to offer my services uh, as a local person who could work in funeral uh, homes and help conduct funerals for people in our community? Uh, what could it look like for me to offer my service as an itinerant minister go out to churches out west where they have no pastors? There's a pastoral drought at the moment. We just can't get the Sydney Bible College people to go beyond the western barrier. There's churches out there who are desperate for some energy. What if I could offer my services for that sort of thing if I'm not needed on a Sunday? And what you see is beautiful because these birds that come find rest you know, it's the birds that carry the seeds elsewhere and keep spreading the weed. This isn't to say this church is not doing that. This church absolutely is. We hear testimonies every week. But the weed keeps spreading. <laughs> and I'm compelled to go beyond the barriers. I'm compelled. A recent study by the Barna Group <laughs> said that it's possible 17% of the church are sitting in the room thinking, I am forced to be here. <laughs> I don't know whether that's the husbands or the wives or... <laughs> 17%. What would it look like to experiment and explore? Now, I'm not saying I have all the ideas, although I've written a lot of proposals. I've just completed a budget. I've just done a bunch of research on insurance. I'm approaching board members and committee members to make sure the whole thing is kept accountable. I'm doing a lot of work because I believe in the kingdom of God. This thing that starts as small as a mustard seed and continues to grow. And I am looking for help. Uh, I don't have any formal ways written down, but after the service, I think I'm going to go stand by the info desk with a few clipboards. And if you're someone who would like more information to be kept up to date, Perhaps you can write your email down on the clipboard and I can send you more information, primarily so that you can pray for me as I go on this journey. And uh, I encourage you also to pray for the youth ministry um, and all that transition. That's going to be a big thing for our youth leaders and our youth ministry as well. But I have no doubt our youth ministry will continue to grow. Uh, perhaps you want to put your name down to uh, book a coffee or a dinner with me to hear more of the heart and the vision. I would love to do that with you. Uh, I enjoy that. Or perhaps... Can I say there's a beer down at the Hawkesbury Brewing Co. or something like that? Um, I would love, not for the under-18s, obviously, but um, I would love to do that, and I would love to share with you more of the heart and the vision if you're interested in this sort of stuff. And uh, I think there will even be opportunities in the future uh, for financial partnership, but uh, even personally, I'd prefer to keep that anonymous. So if that's something in your heart, you can keep that with yourself and we can find an anonymous, uh, above-reproach way to facilitate that. Because uh, at the moment, what I'd really love is prayer and support. And perhaps you're sitting in the room, you're one of the 17% who's going, I'm forced to be here. Uh, I encourage you, if something is in your heart that you see what I see, I would love you to be a part of it. It's midweek, so technically, you could do both. But if this is like stirring within you and you're like, I want to give wisdom advice, I want to sit on a board or a committee, I want to sit on a foundational team that dreams this thing up or puts this thing on, I would love you to put your name and your email down and I'd love to hear from you as well. So I'm going to sneak out there, the info desk is just around the corner, I'm going to stand there with a few clipboards and if you feel like coming to put your email down or your name down so I can contact you, I would really appreciate that. 
And if you're one of the 2.5% and the 7% who loves this, praise God, because this church is doing incredible things. I heard it before with the prayer team. I saw it on Friday night with the youth ministry. How good is the kingdom of God? This weed that infects every part of society. In true interdenominational style, a lot of my research was done through my Lutheran study Bible, as well as my ESV study Bible and Got Questions, which is a phenomenal website for those of you seeking questions. And it ends with a little encouragement and a prayer. And that's how I'm going to end today's sermon. It's very short, so the musicians can get ready if you would like. It ends like this. Jesus' ministry had humble beginnings, but its expansion has been miraculous. God uses even our small efforts to accomplish his purposes. And the prayer, Lord Jesus, use my feeble testimony to further the growth of your kingdom. Amen. Unstructured. Unstructured, yeah. I really felt the Holy Spirit um, saying to me that I need to get up and just pray for you. Mm. But also just to have a little bit to say. Um, <clears throat> naturally, I've known Lewis almost, as, I think, as long as he's come to this church. We were in the same Welcome to Church lunch. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little while after we started, but that's okay. We know what that's like. Um, and being an elder, I've had quite a bit to do with Lewis. And from the time he first came and before we appointed him, as a pastor, a youth pastor, Lewis always showed his passion for God and for what God's kingdom was. I remember meeting with Lewis probably over a year ago now, yeah. and Lewis gave me an outline of what God was putting on his heart, what he believed God's call was for his life. And I remember so vividly at that time a real sense in my heart, a real move of the spirit, that this was really a calling that God had on your life. Mm. And I believe that so passionately now. Um, I mean, I was sitting there and you spoke about Jesus on the jet ski. <laughs> Actually, I saw Lewis on a, sea, on a jet ski out in the, the <laughs> Brisbane waters with a whole crowd of people so maybe that's something that, that you should put down. <laughs> so I'd like to just, yeah, really for all of us to be encouraging Lewis to be walking with him in this journey. I know as a church we will be and we will be praying for him and I'd like to pray for him now for all of us. Um, if you have a heart and you feel like you want to bring your hand up as we pray, I think it's really important that we reach out, okay? <laughs> Heavenly Father, yeah, I just lift up this brother, this man of God to you, Lord. I, I know how you've worked in him over all these years. Lord, we've seen the fruit of it through the ministries he's been involved in, in youth, where they've come from through the schools, how he's, he's worked with you to... to Bring people to your kingdom. And Lord, we just want him to be continuing under your umbrella of faith 
Lord, your Holy Spirit instructing him and guiding him. Lord, that he just so many ways understands the call that you have and how to put that into practice. And Lord, we look forward to so many stories of seeing so many circumstances of him in this community continuing to grow your kingdom. And Lord, we look forward to the fruit that that brings. And Lord, I just pray that your hand be over his ministry, but more than that, his life, Lord, his very life. Would you continue to guide that and instruct him and, Lord, continue to walk every step with him. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you, sir.